This is Project Keto. I'm your host, Madeline Evergreen. This podcast is a result of my lifelong experience searching for the answers to my health struggles. I'm here to teach you the how-tos, practical tips, and tactics to eating a ketogenic diet. No more deprivation or confusion when it comes to your amazing body. Let's jump right into today's episode. Well, hello, hello, everybody. I am so excited to be back. This is Season 5, Episode 1, and we are back. I know in the last episode, I had a big announcement that the podcast was coming to an end, and it did for a while, but, you know, I realized I have a lot more to say. I've had a lot of experiences since the end of Season 4, and I'm just ready to share all of that with you now. The theme of season five is carnivore. Yes, this is still a keto podcast. I am definitely going to be applying everything I'm talking about with carnivore to the ketogenic diet, but I just feel so excited to share this with you because I've been doing a lot of experimenting with different variations of carnivore and I've got so much to share. But before we jump all into the topic of carnivore, I think that we need to have a little bit of a life update first because it's been a while. So the main thing that has happened to me since we last talked was I got engaged and then I got married. Yes, I was married on September 13th, 2020, right in the middle of this big fat pandemic. And I have to say it was like the best wedding ever ever and it was so amazing and so much fun and I'm really enjoying married life with my husband Christopher. You've probably heard me talk a lot about Christopher on past episodes and yes now we're married. Our wedding was so special because you know we invited a lot of people and when you invite people to weddings you typically end up inviting many people that you might not be super close with, you don't know that well, extended family, those kind of people, which is great. And I would have loved for every single person to come. But since we are right in the middle of this pandemic, only the people that really, really wanted to be there and the people that were quite close with came. And that was about you know 100 people or so, a little bit more than 100. So it wasn't this tiny wedding by any means. But It was just so special because it felt like everybody who was there really wanted to be there and was really into celebrating and acknowledging our marriage. And it was just a really, really fun time. And then it turned out that many of the people that we're not so close with or we don't know that well chose not to come. And that was okay. It ended up being more intimate and special and just a little bit different than we had expected. It was also really fun at the wedding because Christopher and I performed an acro yoga performance to the song At Last by Etta James. And if you don't know anything about acro yoga or what that is, it's kind of like uh, partner acrobatics. So Christopher is usually lying on his back on the floor and then I'm up on his feet or on his hands doing all kinds of different acrobatic poses. And you can see a lot of that on Instagram if you're just wondering what we do. That's how we met and that is one of our favorite hobbies to do together. So it was really fun because we choreographed a routine to the song and we had special outfits and it was kind of a surprise for a lot of people and we performed that 
after the ceremony and before dinner and it was outdoors and it was just so cool and so much fun and I actually do have that video of the acro yoga performance on my Instagram so you can just kind of scroll way back to find that if it's been a while and if you're wondering my Instagram handle yes it has changed it used to be Project Keto Podcast on Instagram, but now you can find me at Madeline Rosie Evergreen. And Christopher and I have decided to change our last name to Evergreen. So that's my new last name. Used to be Hewitt. Now it's Evergreen. And I'm so excited about that. And maybe someday I'll share the story of why we chose that name. But that is for a different day. Something else that made our wedding so incredibly fun and special was that I made the wedding cake. It was one of the highlights of my life for sure. When I was growing up, especially in high school, I used to be really, really into cake decorating. And my friend Isabella and I would spend like three days making these really fancy, elaborate cakes with all this piping and detailing and colors and shapes. We made one that looked like a fish tank once. We made like a graveyard for Halloween, all kinds of cool things. But then around the end of high school time is when I completely cut out gluten, dairy, and sugar. And I just totally stopped baking. And ever since then, I have missed it so much. But I've never really known how to do really true, beautiful, attractive cake decorating without the use of sugar. I know that you can use butter and that works just fine, but I I never knew how to make buttercream without loads and loads of powdered sugar and how to make cakes look beautiful without using artificial colors. So when it when we got engaged and we were thinking about the wedding and making the plans, I originally just thought, we're just not even going to have a wedding cake. We'll have some other kind of dessert. I'm not okay with serving people a big pile of gluten and sugar and junk. That's just not my thing, and we're not doing it. But then I gave it a lot of thought, and I decided I am going to figure out how to bake and decorate a cake without gluten or grains or sugar or dairy or any kind of junk or artificial anything and it's going to look beautiful and I am going to figure this out. So about six months or so before the wedding I started practicing and I found some great recipes and really worked through them a lot of times and altered them quite a bit and ended up with the most amazing recipe for buttercream and for cake. And this cake ended up being five tiers that were three layers each. So it was huge. It was the biggest cake I've ever made. And it had uh, chocolate layers. It had lemon poppy seed layers. And it had vanilla layers. And then different kinds of frostings. Chocolate, vanilla, and then like a naturally colored pink one. And it was just so gorgeous. And again, you can see photos of this and kind of my whole um, experience of bringing that cake to life on Instagram if you are into that kind of thing. But what was really fun about it, even more than just serving it at the wedding, was that for all those months of practicing, I got to bring cake to friends and family and people that I know to test it out and tell me what they think. And I was looking for a lot of feedback. And I was specifically bringing it to people who don't eat keto and aren't healthy people or don't seek out sugar-free or gluten-free or anything like that. These are just normal people who eat a normal standard American diet and almost every single one of them loved the cake. There were a couple of exceptions and those are people that uh, really 
just are picky people and that's totally fine but I would say I only found two people like that other than that everybody that tried it totally loved it and was like on board so after the wedding I realized how neat and unique and special this recipe was and how so many people that tasted it and also so many of my guests at the wedding were just raving about it and asking me for the recipe and asking me how I made it so I decided to put on a chocolate cake course and in the fall I put on this online course called Madeline's Chocolate Cake Course and I um, taught this whole method of baking without the gluten and the sugar and the dairy and the grains and how to make a cake that actually tastes good for people who don't like healthy desserts and it was totally a success it was super fun and if any of you are interested in getting into that course if it launches again in the future then I will share in the show notes the link where you can get on the waitlist for the course and hop right into that a little bit later on now let's get into our main topic of today and our main topic of the entire season five and that is the carnivore diet So what is carnivore? Carnivore basically means that you are eating a meat-based diet. And some people say carnivore diet is where you eat 75% of your food is animal foods, like animal fats, meat, organs, nose to tail, meaning all parts of the animal. Other people say carnivore is 100% of your diet comes from animals. There's multiple definitions. But when I'm talking about carnivore, you can assume that I mean pretty much you're only eating animal parts. Again, that's meat, broth, organs, animal fats, those sorts of things. So what it wouldn't be is vegetables, grains, fruits, plants, nuts, seeds, coconut oil, olive oil, seed oils, none of that. And it's not necessarily that any of those other foods are good or bad. It's just that for the sake of defining what this is, carnivore means animal foods. So who who would ever eat this? When I first heard of this, I thought it was the most ridiculous thing in the entire world, and I was horrified at the thought of it. I mean, I used to really promote and and suggest that people eat 8 to 10 cups of vegetables every single day. And that's how I used to eat. And honestly, I never did very well with that. And I've seen a lot of people and heard of a lot of people that don't do well with that either. And again, this isn't a, a topic to put down plant foods or say that you should never eat a vegetable again. This is just an opportunity for you to open your mind to learning why somebody would ever choose to eat 100% or 90% or 75% carnivore. So personally, I became intrigued with it because I have dealt with digestive issues for a long, long time. And the digestive issues that I mainly have are bloating, belly pain, like like sharp, intense pains in my belly, alternating diarrhea and constipation, some gas, but not so much, mostly just the bloating and the pain. I've also struggled with SIBO 
for who knows how long. And I went through many SIBO treatments a, a few years ago, probably four or five years ago. I did extremely intense SIBO uh, tre- treatments. One of them involved a three-week fast of zero food. So th- that that was uh, very important for me to always have a focus on healing my SIBO and not allowing SIBO to come back. And SIBO means small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It means that the bacteria that is supposed to be in your large intestine overgrows and pushes upward and grows into your small intestine where it should not be. And then when it's in your small intestine, it produces these gases that cause extreme issues for a lot of people. And one of those issues um, gets gives you this symptom where you feel like you can't eat anything. There was a point where all I could consume was bone broth because anything that I ate gave me extremely severe digestive pain to the point where I was debilitated and I couldn't function. So that's why I went through all of those long fasts and elemental diets is because I literally couldn't eat anything. Now, looking back, if I had known about the carnivore diet then, I'm sure, I am sure to like my deepest core that I could have eaten a carnivore diet while doing my SIBO treatments rather than eating zero food. And the reason is because when when the gases are exacerbated or um, get more problems, it's because you're feeding them with carbohydrates. So that could even be spices. It's anything that's not a protein or a fat. So if I had just eaten a 100% protein and fat diet and zero any carbs, not even a trace, not even black pepper or anything, that probably would have worked for me with starving out the SIBO and... Um, going into that. Now, that whole SIBO experience, if that's something that you're interested in hearing more about, I will gladly talk about it, but let me know. Either contact me through the Project Keto Podcast website or send me a message on Instagram and let me know if you are wanting to know more about SIBO. But if not, then I'm just going to kind of blow past that and move on. So my main motivation for the interest in carnivore and considering even trying it is because I've been dealing with these digestive problems and even after extreme measures I still was having issues and I'd seen so many people getting results with their digestive problems and mood disorders by doing carnivore. So a while back like a couple of years ago I tried carnivore and I could only ever last a day or two or maybe two and a half days And I would end up feeling really low energy and agitated and almost like I have rage, like this very uh, kind of like low blood sugar or high caffeine sensation in my body just from eating only meat. And I would test my blood sugar and it was always perfect. It was in the 80s. It wasn't because I was having a blood sugar roller coaster, but I found that what I was eating was mostly ground beef and not enough fat and not enough whole cuts of meat. Now I've learned that I do so much better on carnivore if I'm eating mostly foods like steaks, beef roasts or pork chops or pork roasts or lamb chops or lamb roasts or racks of ribs or whole pieces of fish. I don't do so well on just only ground meat and something like bacon. I know I was eating a lot of bacon at that time as well. And those foods, for whatever reason, just don't give me everything that I need. 
I've also discovered that I do so much better, I feel so much better on carnivore if I'm eating organ meats. And no, I don't really enjoy eating them. It's not for the flavor or for the experience, but I find that if I go a while without any organ meats, I end up getting quite a few cravings and I end up wanting to quit carnivore and stop and I I just don't feel as satisfied. But as soon as I have some turkey liver or hearts or beef liver or hearts or organ capsules of you know brain or stomach or the, all these other organs in the capsules when I'm having those I feel really satisfied on carnivore and I feel really really good and most of the nutrients the vitamins the minerals the really important nutrients that we need can come from organs Many people think that you get all your nutrients from vegetables, and unfortunately, that's not actually true. Now, you can learn so much more about that from other resources, which I will be sharing later in the show, but just for the sake of keeping things kind of short here, just know that you get way, way, way more nutrition from organ meats than vegetables. And you also get way more nutrition from something like 100% grass-fed beef than you would from something like spinach or kale. So I know for myself two lessons that I've learned. One, I can't just eat ground beef and bacon and feel good. I need to eat more variety and I need to eat more whole pieces of meat. And then second lesson I learned is that I really need to have organs periodically, not a lot, just periodically in order to feel satisfied and satiated and nutrient filled, if that makes any sense. And then there's a third lesson that I've learned is that I do really well eating pieces of animal fat. I don't feel quite as satisfied if I'm just eating animal like oils. So for example, if I don't have any fat on a steak or on a pork chop or on some ribs or a big piece of salmon skin that's got a lot of fat and I'm only eating butter or beef suet or the fat that comes in ground beef, then I don't feel very satisfied. So just to be really clear, personally, I need to eat like a piece of fat on the meat to feel really satiated. I can't just have liquid fat from the animal. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if it's mental, if it's the aspect of chewing. I have no idea. But all I know is that I really crave the whole pieces of fat and I feel like when I bite into it, it's like my entire body and my cells like light up like Christmas lights and I feel like I am alive and I'm super robust and strong and healthy and it's amazing. Now everybody's really different. I've been spending a huge amount of time listening to a lot of other people's carnivore experiences. I know some people that only eat ground beef patties all day long and they barely even eat salt and they love it and they've been doing this for 10 years and it's like their favorite thing ever. That's not for me. I need a lot of Himalayan salt, I need a lot of fat, I need a lot of whole pieces of meat and I need a lot of variety and then I feel so much more satisfied and comfortable doing carnivore. So after I've learned all of that, I've been able to stick with it longer. And my first longer stretch of full carnivore was last August. I did about five weeks of 100% strict carnivore for, like I said, five weeks right before my wedding. 
And I chose to do it then because I get a lot of stress from my digestion. And it's physical stress and it's mental and emotional stress. And I didn't want to be dealing with feeling so horrific before my wedding. I just wanted to forget about my health issues and have like zero symptoms and just be able to enjoy my wedding, enjoy my experience, get good sleep, feel good, be able to zip up my dress and not have like a six month pregnant belly from bloating and then not be able to get into my dress. I just wanted to feel like no health issues. So I did the strict carnivore for five weeks before my wedding and it was successful. I felt so good by the time my wedding came. My belly was really flat. I wasn't having a lot of any like mood issues. I just felt very stable and very good. Then after my wedding, I still continued to be very much meat-based, but much more relaxed about it. I was reintroducing things like fat bombs, like little keto treats, no sugar of course, but I was reintroducing some sweeteners like Lakanto or monk fruit and some stevia. I was reintroducing nut pods, that's like an almond coconut milk creamer for my coffee, and a few times I had vegetables like on Thanksgiving and Christmas and just a couple other times I decided I'm going to have some vegetables see how it goes and honestly all of my wonderful benefits kind of just went out the door and I ended up feeling really bad again so some of the wonderful benefits I got during that five-week period of strict carnivore other than that the bloating was gone is that my pain went away I'm a person who has always had mystery pain. I get a severe shoulder pain and no one can fix it and there's no answers. And then I get a knee pain and then I have a back pain and then I have a neck pain and then I have a toe pain and it's all mysterious. And I truly believe for me that it was the oxalates that were giving me the pains. Oxalates are a huge topic. We could talk all about that another time, maybe even a whole season on it. It's a huge, important piece of the puzzle here. But just to be short, oxalates are like a compound in foods that when you eat foods that have high oxalates, if you eat too many for what your body can handle, you can end up having a lot of issues. One of them that's common is kidney stones, but you can also get those stones other places in your body. So imagine if you have this crystallized stone forming underneath your kneecap, how bad that would hurt. It's like having a rock in your knee or in your shoulder joint or in your back, in your spine. And I was always feeling like I had these very inflamed spots that would come out of nowhere and it would not have to do with an injury or or a physical act that I did. It was just a mystery. And when I have eliminated oxalates from my diet, I don't have any mystery pains. I feel fantastic all the time, physically. Like my muscles feel great. I exercise a lot. Every single day I exercise and all of my pains have gone away. Over those five weeks, I also experienced much higher energy. I used to get very sleepy every time I ate and that doesn't happen when I eat carnivore. I lost a lot of inches. I don't have the the numbers right in front of me here, but I definitely went down in inches all over my body and it was quick. It was within about 
a week, maybe 10 days, that these inches just disappeared. And I was so much less puffy. And I'm not a really big fat person, but I do always have this puffiness and I'm always a little squishier than I feel like I should be. And a lot of that went away after about seven to 10 days of carnivore. Now the two, oh, I forgot one more, one more really exciting benefit was my skin. For the last few years, I've been dealing with this patch of melasma on my upper lip. And melasma kind of looks like a big explosion of freckles or dark spots or brown spots. It's like this shading that a lot of people will get on their face. And usually women will get it in pregnancy or during a major hormone changing time. I don't know why I got melasma, but just a couple years ago, it showed up on my upper lip and it gets really bad if I'm ever in the sun. And I don't like it because it kind of looks like I have a mustache and I end up having to pack on a ton of concealer if I don't want it to show. And I don't really like wearing a lot of makeup. What was so incredible though is within, I swear, three or four days of doing carnivore, that melasma was like 90% gone and it still is gone. So I'm sure that I had some kind of hormonal shift from getting rid of the plant foods and sticking with the, the just the meat. I don't know what kind of hormonal shift I had, but that melasma is gone. And my periods have also improved. I have way less PMS. Um, my actual periods have always felt fine. I don't really get a lot of cramping or heavy bleeding, but I get really bad PMS. And from doing carnivore, it's not so bad. It's like, I would say it's 90% improved and I don't get any breast tenderness anymore. I just get a little bit of irritability and anxiety before my period, but that can all be fixed by just taking some progesterone for me. So let's talk about now the only thing that has really gotten worse for me is occasionally my sleep, which is not good. I don't want to have sleeping problems, but occasionally I'm waking up way too early, like four o'clock or three thirty in the morning. I feel like I'm ready to get up. I'm wide awake and I just cannot sleep anymore. I have always been an early bird. I've always been someone that wakes up around five thirty with no alarm clock and I feel fantastic, but you know, four o'clock and three thirty is too early and that is not good. So I need to figure that out and I don't know what it is that can help correct that, but I am on the hunt and I would love your suggestions. If any of you know what I can do, maybe I need more fat, maybe I need to fast less, maybe I need to eat before bed. I don't know. Those are all things that I, I don't know. I'm just going to have to try out a number of different things. But um, since after my wedding, getting back into the story, after my wedding, I kind of introduced a lot more foods, not a lot of vegetables, but um, other kinds of sweeteners and treats, almond milk, those sorts of things. Then pretty much all of my benefits reversed. And I was getting bloating, uh, I was getting pain, mood problems, all of that kind of came back. And I just sort of dealt with it, played around with different things until probably right after my birthday, which was in February, 
I I was just like, this is enough. I've had enough of having a bad life where I'm grumpy all the time because I'm bloated and I feel terrible and I'm in pain and I can't do the things I want to do. This is ridiculous. I'm just going to get back on carnivore and see what happens. So it's been at least three weeks now, I think almost four weeks now that I've been, I would say, 95% carnivore and I'm feeling so much better. I'm getting basically all the same benefits I got that first time around last August. The only difference now is that I am still allowing myself to have very small amounts of some coconut chocolate stuff that I make. And there's no sugar, of course. It's made with Lakanto chocolate chips and then toasted shredded coconut. And I just melt the chocolate chips, pour it over the coconut, mix it up, and then I keep it in the freezer. And I add a bunch of Himalayan salt because I love salt with chocolate. And I just have that every couple days that I feel like I really need to have some. And it's not every day. It's probably every three days or so I have a little serving of that. And that just makes me feel so much better emotionally. And I don't know if it's right or wrong. Who knows? It is a kind of a crutch. It makes me feel better. Like I can still participate in fun food in the world. I can still have a treat. I can still have a dessert. But I haven't really noticed problems from it. I don't notice that it gives me any major issues. So for now, I'm just going to allow myself to be flexible that way. I'm also currently working very hard on all kinds of other underlying health conditions and issues. I've been doing quite extensive parasite cleansing for almost four years now. And it's sort of a long-term process. It's not something that's meant to be short. And I've removed hundreds of parasites from my body that, yes, I have seen. And if you want to know more about my parasite cleansing experience, I would be thrilled to talk about it. I I just have no idea if people even want to hear that. It's kind of icky and it's not very attractive sounding but if you want to know about it you you better let me know and then I'll gladly do some episodes on that but the point of what I'm saying is while I'm doing this carnivore I'm doing parasite cleansing I'm also working on removing some viruses like Bartonella um, sort of like Lyme associated viruses that are latent in my body and then I'm also doing quite a bit of gut healing and reducing Um, autoimmune type of reactions, working on my immune system, decreasing inflammation with some different protocols that I'm on with supplements and powders and different things. So I strongly feel that for myself, it's not just the diet. This carnivore diet is a little bit like a band-aid. This is what's helping me to get through this time and to be able to do these healing protocols that I'm on without inflaming my gut and inflaming my body with foods that currently don't work. My goal and my dream someday is to be able to have a diet where I eat anything that I want and feel fantastic. I don't really picture myself ever going and eating sugar or gluten or junk food or artificial sweeteners. I have zero, zero interest in doing that. But I would love to be able to eat a variety of all the vegetables, all the fruits, be able to cycle carbs if I want, and to be able to have, you know, keto types of sweeteners like stevia, and even to be able to have some raw dairy someday. I've, I've been introducing small amounts of raw cow's 
cream into some coffee and it's it's going okay I'll be trying out some raw goat milk tomorrow actually stay tuned for how that goes but my goal basically is to be able to eat whatever I want someday and have perfect health maybe that sounds ridiculous but that's what I want and so the way I'm getting there is right now and for however long it takes I'm doing carnivore and I'm doing some protocols to heal my body so that's about it that I'm gonna get into with my experience so far I hope this was helpful for you just to learn what carnivore is and why somebody would do it and how it's been going for me and a couple of lessons that I've learned along the way I hope you're getting the picture that I'm not saying that I think vegetables and plants are evil and that no one should eat them and everyone should do carnivore. I'm just going to be really clear. That's not what I'm saying. And if that's the message you're getting, I don't know where you got that from. But I'm just sharing this is what I've experienced. And a couple of resources for you if you are wanting to know more about the science behind carnivore and the much more heavy, heavy, heavy information, then you should get the book Carnivore Code by Paul Saladino and read that. And I'm going to put that in the show notes. Paul Saladino also has a podcast that I can't remember what it's called right now, but I'll put it in the show notes. He's a fantastic person to listen to. He is very extreme. So just take what he says with a grain of salt, but know that if you're a person who wants to know why plant foods are an issue, read his book and you will start to understand it. On this podcast, I'm not going to be getting into the heavy details of the science behind carnivore because... You can learn that in about a million other places. This is a special podcast dedicated to hearing practical tips and how-tos for doing a ketogenic diet. And ketogenic diets can include carnivore. Some future topics that you can learn about in this season are going to be what exactly I'm eating on carnivore, more mistakes I've made on carnivore, where to buy good meat and what is good quality meat and should you eat dairy on carnivore how can you poop on carnivore without any fiber can you have coffee and then one episode I'm so excited about is traveling at the end of April Christopher and I are going on a road trip to Orlando and back and we are planning on doing carnivore the whole time and we're planning that we're probably not going to go to any restaurants so we're going to be cooking in our hotel room the whole time and I'm going to be sharing a lot of that with you most of it on Instagram but I'll dedicate at least one episode to it as well some other resources for you would just be to start by going on Instagram or your favorite social media and type in the hashtag carnivore or carnivore diet and start to see all of these other people that are doing carnivore and just start to explore what they're doing there are absolutely unhealthy carnivores and healthy carnivores and medium carnivores like they're eating some plants and some meat there's an entire world and a spectrum out there but the best way that you can do some learning is to learn from other people's mistakes and successes and there are thousands of people out there on social media doing this probably hundreds of thousands and that's where I've done so much learning and connection is with finding these people and learning with them and learning from them there are also lots of other carnivore podcasts out there 
Uh, Ketogenic Girl has a podcast. Her name is Vanessa Spina. You can look hers up. Uh, there's also Carnivore Yogi. She Her name is Sarah Kleiner. She has a fabulous um, YouTube channel, and I believe she also has a podcast. And Carnivore for Life is one of my favorite podcasts. There's just so many. So your job, if you're wanting to learn more and jump on this bandwagon is just to start exploring for yourself. But the best place to start, in my opinion, is with Paul Saladino's book, Carnivore Code. So that's all for today. Your job is to introduce yourself to me over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Madeline Rosie Evergreen and either send me a DM, a private message, or comment on one of my posts or tag me in a post and introduce yourself to me or just let me know what you want to know more about. Today I mentioned SIBO and I mentioned gut healing protocols and I mentioned parasite protocols I've done. So those are just three topics that I'm wondering, do you want to know more about that? And if you do, you got to let me know or it probably will never happen. So find me on Instagram or send me a message through my website on projectketopodcast.com. But for now, that's all and I'll catch you next time. Oh, 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 oh,